0: Thank you to everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle thus far and has made it such a huge success. Crazy to think we're nearing the end of Season 2. In addition, thank you for all the kind words and support of the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. I hope it can continue to be beneficial as you push to be elite. General Sports Worldwide has continued to pick up steam in both the search and recruiting space, as well as the overall consulting space, which consists of sales and leadership training. We are only continuing to grow as we've just acquired The Clubhouse, an industry-leading job board, mentorship platform, mental health platform, and an extensive training portal. Please let us know if we can ever be of assistance and be sure to fill out a profile on the Clubhouse. Be sure to follow on 52weeksofhustle.com as well as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host to this podcast I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Most people that are listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle typically will open up their email every morning, and one of the daily emails they get is from Front Office Sports. Imagine starting that business out while you're in college and now growing it in what it is today. I'm excited to have our next guest share that story, the CEO of Front Office Sports, Adam White. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Excited to be here. Uh, Looking forward to it. Adam, appreciate your time and what a career you've already had, and you're just getting started. So let's dive right in. You're attending the University of Miami and you start publishing interviews that you're doing. So what was the driving force behind that?
1: Yeah, I mean, as you you noted, attending the University of Miami, I think was part of the driving force behind that. Right. Because of the fact that realistically, the uh, uh, idea behind publishing the interviews came from the fact that we had to do something for a, a class project. Right. We had to do a informational interview with. Uh, someone who worked in sports, I at the time did it with Blake James. And I said, well, hey, if I'm going to do one of these, why don't I do 10 of these, 20 of these, 50 of these and publish them? Because at the end of the day, as we were told then, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. I would refute that a bit now. It's about both in my opinion. But, you know, quite frankly, it was something that we were able to figure out and I was able to figure out. And I was like, all right, well, cool. Let me just publish a few of these and see what happens. And, you know, published 110 in the first first year. And the rest is history, I guess, at this point.
0: I mean, there's certainly a, a lot of students in college listening to this podcast and, you know, to go above and beyond the call of duty and not just one, but 110. We talk a lot about in this business is efficiency. Like, how did you go about from a time management perspective, going through class, doing this and like utilizing that as a hobby?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to prioritization. I think the biggest thing, right, like that's what I always that's what I tell other people. Everyone's like, oh, how, ma- how many sacrifices have you made? And I was like, I don't know how many sacrifices I've made. I've just had different priorities than other people, right? So I didn't prioritize certain things in college because this was a priority to me because I wanted to make sure that I had a job getting out of college, right? And I didn't have to spend a lot of time, you know, in, a, in an environment in which I was, you know, competing against a bunch of other resumes and just as a resume on a table, right? People needed to know who I was. And so, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for us and, and for me was really just all about making sure that we were able to take advantage of the time that we spent. And and again, really, it was all about prioritization for us. It wasn't really about anything other than that. And so, you know, I I started, I did the first interview. The first interview I ever did was, you know, a guy with the name of Ravi Shaw. At the time, he was at a company called Sports Quotient. And it was funny because I I had lined out all the questions that I was going to ask him. And I think it was a two-hour interview. and, And God bless him for going through all of them. Uh, And then I went to transcribe it and it took me four hours to transcribe. And I learned very quickly that there's absolutely no way I could do this. Uh, So I I started and I said, all right, well, these are going to be 30 minute max interviews. I'm going to have three questions and then those three questions will lead to whatever else people say. And then I'll just go from there. And so, yeah, it was honestly pretty wild uh, to think about how it all came together. But, um, you know, learned very quickly that I couldn't be doing two hour interviews. That's for sure.
0: So, you know, so then eventually front office sports starts and it's back in 2014. And so who was all part of the process early on? And, and when did you know, you know what, this may have some legs.
1: Yeah, uh, it, was, it was myself and then Russ, you know, realistically, I post on the University of Miami Facebook group and Russ was really, really the only guy who ever responded. And, uh, you know, him and I hit it off and we started working on it. I started it in, in 14 or in, in 13, 14 june 21st of 2014 i believe is when it started and i um i started through two months later three months later russ came on and then from there it was just we had a bunch of unpaid contributors and people who wanted to contribute to the brand so just like start out and i always joke with people if you ever want to do something crazy try and start a, a media brand with no money no followers no uh no experience nothing and see what happens and somehow it ended up working out for us and honestly i think at the end of the day us not having money for the first four or five years of the brand right we didn't get investment until we didn't hire our first full-time full-time employee until 2019 and we started in 2014 yeah. uh so you know for five years it was just you know i was doing it as a project on the side and of class and work and everything like that and eventually it just said we well, we have something that's that's meaningful. And I think the biggest thing is that we were able to build a brand early on that connected with the people and still does to this day does. And I think that's the one of the differentiating factors. People want to wear our merchandise. People want to wear our hats. People love the things that we put out. And because of that, it's just like a lot of that was because we were so active and engaged early on in the first five years that we were building the business when we didn't have any full-time employees. And obviously we still are extremely active and extremely engaged. And I think it's been a differentiating factor for us. So yeah, I mean, Overall, there's a lot of different things that happen, but, um, but from, a, from a when did I think it was going to happen, and when did we think there was something there, I don't know, you know. I think it's just kind of all those things where it's like slow, 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 fast, right? You start to pick up speed, and it was, I think the biggest thing when I knew, just wholeheartedly I knew it was actually a thing is when we had Anheuser-Busch come in to present Rising 25. And that was in June of, uh, of twenty eighteen, right before we got, you know, an investment. And I just knew at that point I was like, okay, if rising to if, if Anheuser Busch was going to make this commitment and Anheuser Busch is going to sponsor us, I can go to any other brand in the world and say, look, Anheuser Bush is partnering with us and I can go out and find money. And yeah. and so that's what we did. And, you know, obviously it's it's changed a lot since then. And Anheuser Busch is still on rising twenty five and that award has become arguably one of the most influential in the space, in my opinion. And so for us, I, I'm really excited about that. We're going to be announcing uh, it in a couple of weeks here, end of March to call for nominations and, and help, You know, knock on wood. But now that everything's back to normal, we'll have a gala in New York in October and, and we'll bring all of that back. So, yes. yeah, I mean, overall, it's, it's great. I mean, and yeah. I think that's that was kind of the turning point for us at that point, obviously, and then still it, there's a bunch of more turning points along the way, but that's definitely it.
0: Yeah, Adam, as you think back to early, those early on days, you know, no money, it's kind of just the two of you going at it. What were some of the early challenges you had to overcome?
1: Uh, I mean, there's everything, right? You didn't have any money. There's a lot of challenges when you don't really have any money. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just, uh, it's just, uh, you know, I, it's funny because you think about biggest challenges, but the, the biggest challenges then feel like so little now, you know, those, those challenges then feel just like something that doesn't even matter now. And I think it was like, Yes. I think the biggest challenge is when you, know, when you were talking about when you don't have the money side of things and, and all of that is that you that you're limited in what you can do. And and it's so funny because the one big thing that we didn't have that we weren't able to have at the beginning, and, and honestly, up until probably two years ago, I think, is we didn't have com Like we literally didn't have it spelled out. It was it was multiple things. It started off of sports dot org, and then we changed it to uh, ffrnt dot because we needed a dot com because we weren't a dot org. And I mean, it was it was wild because like it and, and there's still impacts of that to the, to this day. But it, it is something where I'm just like, if that would have been different from day one, it probably would have helped us for sure. But I, I you know it's it's little things like that, right? Like it, and it was just very ancillary, like branding and you know, and, and sites like the original site was a black site with white text on it that I built on Wix for like $15, but I think that was part of the charm. Right. I don't know. Who knows? Somehow it worked it out. Somehow it worked out. Maybe it was, maybe it was, I don't know, but you know, you look back at all of it. I think the biggest thing, one of the challenges was just, you were limited, but because you were limited, you had the opportunity to figure out ways to do things and get creative and and you know build different things and yeah it's i don't know we have a we had a lot of cool things that we went through we went through multiple rounds of logo designs and stuff like that yeah you just start to think about all the crazy things that you've been through just trying to figure out like what does this look like what does this brand stand for how can we figure out a way in which we can go forward and and then obviously the investment helped uh you know in in 19 and we were able to start to,
0: to really move the needle from there but yeah overall it was uh it was really interesting no, absolutely. And as you think back, what is your advice to some listeners on being able to, to overcome challenges, no matter how big or small they may be?
1: I mean, it just depends, right? I think it all has to be put into perspective, right? Like, I always tell myself, like, my challenges right now, yeah, they're challenges, but there's people who are fighting a war right now, and there's people who don't have a house, and there's people who don't have enough money to feed their kids. And so I'm like, yeah, sure, my challenges suck. But at the end of the day, like, It's not like, I mean, there's still, there's still, everyone has challenges and everyone has their own shit and and it's not to belittle anything, but like, it's just not meaningful in the the grand scheme of things. I think the other thing is I spent a lot of time working in the food service industry and just dealing with other people and, and and seeing where they were at and talking to them. And it was just like, you know, a lot of service-based industries you're dealing with people who are, you know, lower income and stuff like that. And, And again, like you hear about the problems that those people have and you're like, I don't have problems. Right. Like, I, I don't have problems. Like, yeah, there, there may be challenges. It's, it's really just not that bad. Like, do I have a roof over my head? Do I have a bed? Do I have food? Do I, you know, yeah, am I able to afford when I need to afford? Yeah. So like, well, I mean, at the outside of that, it's fine. And so again, I try to just put everything into, into perspective because it's like realistically at the end of the day, you know, your, your challenges are only as hard as you let them be in my opinion, and and when you let them be, or you manifest, and I think it's a lot of things that happen nowadays, people just manifest problems that, like, aren't real, and because they need something to, quote-unquote, challenge, or they need affirmation from people and stuff like that, and it's like you know like no oh i'm sorry you lost your AirPods. like and it's just not like it's not a real problem like you know what i mean it's just analyzing things yeah it's just again like there's just so much manifestation of problems nowadays because people need validation or people want support from people in a way and it's just like in my opinion i think you know overall there are people with legitimate problems and challenges and stuff like that again like i said everyone has those we have to put it into perspective i think is the end of the day and it's just like yeah like Some of the stuff that I have to deal with on a daily basis totally is tough, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm not someone who's working three jobs and trying to barely, you know, scrape by and and get food for my family and stuff like that. And again, like that's a real challenge. So.
0: Well, Adam, Front Office Sports is the first mass market daily sports newsletter network and your brand reaches millions of decision makers per month, delivers integrated campaigns for some of the world's largest advertisers. And we've mentioned a couple already. And So when did you realize the opportunity from a sponsorship and a revenue standpoint could really play a scalability role in the business? Yeah, I mean, for us, it was
1: I don't know. It was probably in 2020 of all things like the pandemic. And we pivoted to being, you know, a newsletter first business. And obviously we're much more than that now. And, um, you know, I think for us, the, the focus has really been on, you know, how do we, you know, our thing now is it's, it's, yeah, we tried to, and we experimented with a few different newsletters and that's where you kind of got that tagline, but our whole thing is front office of sports has been the brand that people care about has been the number one brand. And, and so our whole thing is how do we build, you know, the leading publisher that's covering this space, right? It's covering the business of sports. It's covering where sports meets industry. That's really leading into this side of things. And it was newsletters and that, that started it, right? Because I think that was the easiest way. And we like to say the inbox, is the new homepage and it's true. You know, when was the last time you went to ESPN.com? I don't know. Like I don't don't even know myself, but when was the last time you checked your inbox? Probably 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, five minutes ago, right? Depending on what you have going on. And so, we meet our readers where they're consuming information on a daily basis, right? And, and it's it's a very, very advantageous place to be because I have a great first party data. I know who our audience is. We can drive them down funnels. We can do different things with them. And, and I don't think you, you just can't do that with flyby traffic on a website. And so obviously we have a website and we have robust social channels. We're the number one publisher on LinkedIn or in sports. We're, the num- we're one of the top publishers. At large on LinkedIn, to be honest with you, in terms of engagement and activity and Twitter, we're definitely you know number one in our category for sure. There's no one even close. And uh, Instagram, we're you know you know messing around with and starting to to ramp up our capabilities there and some emerging platforms like TikTok as well. And so yeah, I mean from a sponsorship standpoint, when you look at it, it was really like how do we build a best in class newsletter? How do we have best in class content? And then how do we align with best in class brands? And so we did the first two, and then You know, once we started to knock down a few brands in terms of showing them on the board, right, it became a lot easier to have conversations with other brands. It's just like not a copycat space, but, uh, you know, as soon as someone sees a Nike logo, that gives them, you know, almost kind of, I wouldn't say authority, but it gives them a feeling of like, okay, well, if Nike's spending there, then I should be spending there or whatever may have you. So, yeah.
0: Well, you know, fast forward just a couple of years ago, you start taking on investments from private and growth equity. And now many know that's a big commitment, but you obviously saw the vision and how that could help your business scale and be sustainable. So care to share why you thought that'd be important for you? Yeah. I mean,
1: at the end of the day, this is, in my opinion, this is a winner takes, winner takes most market. And that the publisher who is the number one in this space is going to have a great outcome. And if, I have a say, we're going to be the winner. We're going to be the winner in this market. Uh, I mean, there's just no, there's just no doubt about it. You look at the other people in and around this space and, and, you know, for various reasons, uh, I'd say we're probably the ones with the fastest growth trajectory, the highest upside and and everything like that. And and so, yeah, I mean, we had a, we either were going to kind of keep it puttering along as kind of like a lifestyle business, or we were going to be able to take advantage of what was going on in the space where you know, there's a lot of tailwinds and there continues to be even more tailwinds uh with what we're doing from what athletes are doing from what brands are doing from what industries are doing right you're looking at all of these areas that are intersecting with sports in a way and it's really fascinating we have the ability to that will be able to change all of those and so it's it's it was important and we found a great partner in SC and they've been, they've been awesome throughout the whole thing. And obviously with crane recently coming on board as well. And so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to really decide is this going to be a lifestyle side hustle business or is this going to be a real business and a, and a game changing brand? And, and we believe it's, it's the latter. And so far, knock on wood, we've, we've been right.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed.
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Adam White, CEO of Front Office Sports. And Adam, back in 2018, you were also recognized as a Forbes 30 under 30 in the sports category. And, and first and foremost, congratulations. What an amazing accomplishment. So, How exciting was that for you in that time frame? It
1: was, it was, it was fun. It's so funny. My girlfriend and I always joke like, it was just at a point when you were just so focused on working, she's like, well, we don't even want to like hang out or uh, you don't even want to go celebrate or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's great and it's fun and it's awesome. And I feel super honored, but uh, you know, it wasn't, it was just like, oh, there's more work to be done. Right. And there's more things to be done. And I think that's, you know, obviously we, we celebrate the, the wins that we have nowadays and and something that I've definitely learned. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, baseball or any of the sports you've kind of played is you're only as good as your last at bat. Right. And so, you know, our last, my last at bat, okay, great Forbes 30 under 30. So I'm only as good as, as that at bat. Right. And there's the opportunity to now go beyond that. And so those are things that I'm looking at and and saying like, it was, it was definitely an honor, but it's just like now you set one of our internal guidelines here at the business is we don't set the bar, we raise the bar. And if we do set the bar, then we figure out how to raise the bar again right and that's literally at the same thing right it's like yeah forbes 30 under 30 is great what's next you know how that's this that's the bar that we've set rising 25 is the bar that we've set how do we go beyond that et cetera, et cetera? and so yeah i mean again awesome i think i won it when i was 23 so it was very very early on in, in the process and you know probably a little bit more well deserved now than then but you know i think we were doing a lot of great things then as well and so yeah, it's, it's been awesome to see. And, and again, I think our whole focus is how do we build a, a game changing brand That is something that lives on probably far beyond
0: my involvement in, in the brand, uh, you know, long-term. So no, absolutely. And, and huge kudos to all your success and going back to being successful, Adam, you've obviously had a great career and it's just getting started. What's your advice to listeners on hustle and effort and you know, the focus on that to be successful?
1: I mean, it's all about controlling what you can control and, and, and making sure your priorities match what you want to do, you know? For example, if you wanna be a, a millionaire, your priorities need to match that. If you wanna be a billionaire, your priorities wanna match that. If you wanna be the top salesperson in your organization, your priorities have to match that. Uh and quite frankly, it's just like if your priorities don't match your ambitions, there's never you're never gonna have the success that you want, right? Like if you're saying, I want to be the top salesperson, but then going out and partying every weekend and spending you know, all your time with people who aren't moving your, the needle for you uh, from a professional standpoint, you're probably not going to get there. And you're probably not going to do what you're going to be able to do. And, and as you've said, like when we were talking about earlier, before we chatted about this, like everyone needs talent. And as long as there is an ability for you to stand out above everyone else from a talent standpoint, like you'll always be in a very good place because everyone is looking for good talent to be able to to champion their mission, whether it's from a startup or a big organization standpoint. And so, I mean, I think at the end of the day, again, it's just like, there's nothing wrong with being a nine to five person and and and, you know, doing what you want to do. And there's absolutely nothing against that at all. But you have to understand that the outcomes for doing that is very different than the outcomes for say someone who works 10 to 14 hours a day, starts a business, gets investment, and, you know, then has ownership in said business and hopefully one day we'll have a, an exit opportunity. So again, you, you just have to, it's all about weighing the risks and weighing, you know, the opportunities and, and downsides and upsides for you professionally or, or financially or, or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And then just making sure you're super open and honest about it. Um, you know, my girlfriend and I've been dating for years. So realistically, she's been with me through the whole process of the business as we've m- matured. And I told her from day one, I was like, look, to be honest with you, it's great. You're awesome. But you know, you're just never going to be my number one priority until I sell the business. And that's just a fact. And, and you have to level set with those people early on. Right. Because there's a lot of ways in which you can get distracted from your mission or from your priorities in terms of, uh, you know, out external things, right. Whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's dogs, whether it's, you know, other things, it's just like, it's, it's, if you really want to do something like there, there is now more opportunity in the world to do anything that you want than ever before, in my opinion, like you can start a podcast tomorrow and it's, it's, you know, low lift for the most part. You can, Basically, reach out to just about anybody uh, because emails are you know easy to find and people are active on social. And so, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, and this is one of the things that I learned from one of the people I interviewed a long time ago, and who I've stayed close with, and has always stuck with me, is that as part of all of this hustle and stuff like that, is throughout that whole entire time, like you have to be a fountain, not a drain, right? And so, perfect example of that is that you should be bringing value and showcasing value and all of those things that you're doing versus like making if you want to say it withdrawals right like if you can kind of p- p- point this to a bank you need to be making more deposits than you are withdrawals because at the end of the day if people yeah if you're a hustler and stuff like that but people only know you as the guy who asks for tickets when they're in town and nothing else like honestly like there you're just not going to go where you need to go because that's going to be something that a reputation that that follows and, and quite frankly you know one of the things that It's I've always done it. I just I just never ask, right? Because if if people want to offer them, fine, hundred percent, like totally. But I it's never been something where it's like I want to really you know put myself in a position where I'm like asking for for tickets or this or that. Because at the end of the day, everyone asks, right? And you know what happens is people remember the people who don't ask uh, as as much as the people who they do ask, right? And so or who do ask, and so you see all those types of things. So that's just one example. Um, but at the end of the day, it it all can comes down to priorities. My priorities at school was front office sports was working at the restaurant on campus and was, you know, school and playing club baseball. And that was it. That's what I focused on. Sure. Yeah. I'd hang out with my friends and stuff like that every once in a while because it was college and I wanted to, but overall I focused on the things that mattered to me. And I knew that like, you know, again, there's payoffs, right? The payoffs aren't day one, but they're probably day five, day 10, day 15, day 20. Right. You know, like, I, I remember the first, the first time I realized that a lot of the hard work was worth it was when I basically was able to find, uh, I had a relationship through Rising 25, and, and the people who I had built a relationship with, um, they were the PR contact for uh, an awards ceremony in, in, in Europe called Laureus World Sports Awards, kind of like the SBs, but for Europe, and they're like hey do you want to go to Monaco to like cover this event and I was like oh sure you know And, and so I think it was like 22 maybe 23 like I was in the French Riviera in Monaco covering this global event talking to Tony Hawk and these different people And this is when I was still doing a lot of writing and things like that at the same table with Roger Federer's neighbors meeting Roger Federer and it's like well wait a second like Not many 23 year olds can experience this or will ever experience this in their entire life. But because of the work that we've put in, we get to experience that. And so, but again, like anything is on the other side of hard work and prioritization, quite frankly, Um, you know, whatever it is you want, you want to build a house, you want to save for retirement, you want to do whatever it is, you know, like it, it really comes down to just however you want to prioritize everything.
0: You know, and Adam, similar to some of those experiences, I'm sure there are times you're pinching yourself when you realize, you know, going back, you've grown your staff to almost 40 people. Now you've grown front office sports to a media brand that's covering the the $614 billion business of sports. And so front office sports, certainly a multifaceted with one of the areas is creating content and that consistent content. So what goes into the decision-making process and on what is making the morning email, the headlines in, in the priority of that? yeah it just comes down
1: to i mean obviously we have a great team or led by Ernest, our executive editor and or excuse me our editor-in-chief and you know realistically it just comes down to and we've and we've decided to do a little bit of a pivot and i touched on this earlier it's like our whole focus is we have to widen the aperture for what actually sports is right sports is technology sports is marketing sports is media sports is crypto sports is real estate like we just went viral yesterday by tweeting a photo of Lincoln Riley's um, you know, new $17.5 million mansion in Los Angeles. And quite frankly, the brand is elastic enough to be able to do that and find a lot of engagement and, and people engaging with that sort of stuff. So I think, again, like our whole thing is how do we define sports? And sports is defined totally differently now than it used to be, right? It's, it's, it's marketing, it's media, it's technology, it's athletes, it's investing, it's private equity, it's you name it, they're every sort of industry, it's retail. When you think about all the major industries that you would define, if people were like saying, hey, like, what are the world's industries? Like, most of them have some sort of impact, or some sort of connection to sports. I mean, look what's going on right now with Chelsea, It's a right. global political conflict that is somehow impacting a russian billionaire just somehow impacting the sports team that he owns and and everything like that and it's been one of the biggest stories in this area and again like that's massive right like that is totally massive and and something that you know you start to look at and you realize that sports has no balance and because of that you know, we want to be in a place where we can be elastic. And I told someone the other day this, that I'm like, I could go host a retail event with Nike. I could go and one, one day. The next day I could go and host a uh, crypto event with, you know, Coinbase. And the next day I could go host a, you know, a media event with ESPN. And we could have people with all of them. And we could have people who would care about all of them. And it's because again, like the way we cover it is, we don't cover the business of sports in the sense that like, when you talk about the business of sports you think about teams leagues executives very insular very small like very niche granted yes that's our our tagline we're working on actually changing that because i think our our approach is much bigger than that but you know our whole thing is again covering the and this idea of where sports meets industry and the fact that you know sports is real estate sports is marketing sports is media it's technology it's private equity and so that's the lens we look through when we think about the newsletter. Right. And so, uh, you know, when you're thinking about like Andreessen and Horowitz, just launched a $600 million gaming fund. Right. Likely it'll be a story today in the, in the newsletter. Uh, because again, like, but that's a perfect example. Like the, the person is, 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 or the company is a private equity firm, one of the biggest in the world. And yet, they have an allocation to gaming and, and, and in my opinion, gaming and sports, right? Like that's a hundred percent correct. And so, oh, totally. yeah, it's, it's totally like, that's, that's the, the lane and, and the view that we take versus, you know, a much more insular, small niche view, um, you know, that works for others, but we, we didn't feel like it was going to work for us to be the, p- the kind of pub- publisher that we wanted to be.
0: And Adam, as you think about this business over the next, you know, five, 10 years, what's your vision and hopes for it? I mean, I think the the goal is to be arguably one of the biggest,
1: I would say, business media brands in the U.S. at least, maybe not internationally, but definitely in the U.S., right? You know, I think, again, we're at a time and in a place and and in a space where it, it really can be that. Like, I think we've built an extremely strong brand. I think people love what the brand stands for. I think the ability for us to continue to be elastic across various different industries, like I just spoke about, is going to be key. And I think this can be... You know, in the next three to five years, probably relatively easily, a, you know, a 50 million plus dollar a year business, maybe more. Um, and it just comes down to how we monetize and how we build out a an enterprise subscription business and all of the things that we're focused on. But, you know, when you think of, of media companies, it's like you want to think of us as in the same in the same vision, in the same realm, in the same conversation as as Politico, as Bloomberg, as Wall Street Journal, as financial times like that is our aspirations like i said this in the announcement that we had with the crane deal is that like the business of sports isn't a trade and we don't want to be a trade publication and we won't want to be seen as a trade publication like we want to be seen as an enterprise business news publication and i think that's the 100 percent focus over the course of the next three years that's why we hired andrew our new cro that's why we put in place all of the things that we've done because again like i like always use this example is that the three readers that I point to that I know, because obviously we, we have their information from an email standpoint is we have, you know, the CEO of just salad. It's a quick service resale chain in, in New York, the general counsel of Netflix and Mark Cuban. And I'm like, what's like, what is the through line to all of those people? And it's sports. And it's some way our like, general counsel on Netflix cares about this stuff because they have drive to survive. They have PGA tour. They have all these other things that they're doing. They've talked about buying live rights. You have, a guy at Just Salad who is probably an athlete or like is an entrepreneur and just loves business and loves sports. And then you have Mark Cuban, who obviously is pretty obvious why he would be reading this stuff. But again, like you start to think about that. And that's where I believe that, you know, our differences is, is because that's our focus, right? Is like we're building an enterprise business publication that really showcases sports for, for a broader group of people in a way that I wouldn't say anyone else can do. And it's and if you think about it very simplistically, it's like if you basically took ESPN and, and Bloomberg and you had a baby, you know, I think like you could make a kind of argument that that was us or CNBC insert business publication here, right? Wall Street Journal, et cetera. Um, again, like, and, and that's what makes those business publications true business publications. Like how does Bloomberg cover law? Bloomberg covers law, like a true industry. How does Bloomberg cover real estate? Like, a true industry. And I use an example from a real estate standpoint, it's like, you look at what Bloomberg, how Bloomberg covers real estate. And then you look at how something like the real deal um, covers real estate. And it's also all of a sudden you totally can tell the difference. Like the real deal is the business of real estate and Bloomberg is real estate as an industry. And there's just a totally different approach to that and a totally different look and feel and vibe and execution that you have to be able to, to put together. And so again, like that is for us, you know, the, the core North star.
0: No, absolutely. And, and Adam, what, what a great, great career you had. Great conversation. You, know, you grow up back in the day in, in Phoenix, older, younger sister, mom was in HR, your dad was in sales, and now you got into this entrepreneurial world and continue to grow. And what a great story. I, I certainly appreciate it. And to close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? Sure. All right. If you were to sail around the world, what would you name your boat? What would I name my boat?
1: boat oh that's a good one honestly I would have not expected that (laughs) what would I name my boat Mm, that's a good one Dolores okay if there's a fun story and there's a fun story behind that but that was when I was on the price is right I lost to a I lost to an 80 plus year old woman named Dolores and it was just a a funny memory so Dolores nice if a movie was made about your life who would you want to play it Ryan Reynolds. I've gotten gotten a lot of uh, comps to Ryan Reynolds
0: before. People have said that very often. So Ryan Reynolds would be the the one. If you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? Mm, That's a good one.
1: I think it depends on the era for sure. Uh, I think it depends on the time. I think it depends on what you're thinking about right now in, in today's era. You know, you think about people like, like an Elon Musk and stuff like that. But I really think like, it would be amazing to sit down with like Bob Iger. I think they've got former Disney chairman. It's getting an understanding of what he did and kind of what he built and, and that whole business. I think it is definitely something that
0: would be, would be really great. Awesome. Adam, and to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Uh, three key takeaways. I mean, I think the biggest thing you have
1: to think about from a takeaway standpoint, I've, I've already touched on this, right. It's like, it, it, it's priorities, not sacrifices, right? Like at the end of the day, like you can, you can sacrifices sacrifice is such as has such a negative connotation. Oh, I'm sacrificing time with my friends at a bar. No, not really. You're just, you're prioritizing differently. So I think it's, the, it's that priorities, not sacrifices. I think it's, you know, um, the, the biggest thing is that you just have to, you have to outwork everyone. I mean, depending on what you want to do is like, you know, for some the things that we thought about is like always on Twitter during the big moments when I was running it and always on these things and put, paying attention at the events and everything like that. And doing, you just have to, you have to be on when everyone else is off and you have to find a way to, to be able to manage that. Um, and then I think, you know, from a, from a third standpoint, it's just, you have to really commit. To what it is that you're gonna do, right? Like for the last seven years, I've been working on front office sports. Obviously, there's been a lot more people involved, right? Since we've gotten investment, and, and they've all played a key role in all of this stuff. But front office sports has been basically my entire life for the last seven years. I don't know anything differently. And now we're just starting to get real traction, right? Just now starting to get real traction. And what they say is every overnight success story is ten years in the making. And you know, you start to think about that, and you're like, holy cow! Like we're at year seven. And I just feel like we're just starting to hit our stride. And, and even then there's just so much more to go, right? Like, uh, you know, you look, we're not big in podcasts. How do we get there? Like the site, you know, things like that. Like, there's just so much more we can do. And, and so again, I think you just really have to commit. And that's what I like to see is like, I've kind of like lined out my life. as If I look forward, you know, into 10-year increments, right? What do I want to do the first 10 years? And that's, you know, 20 to 30. And that's for office sports. And that's what I'm working on now. And then what do I want to do from 30 to 40? and What do I want to do from 40 to 50? And, you know, things like that. And so, no, it's, it's, it's really exciting. And I think at the end of the day, as long as we continue to do what we need to do, we'll be in a good space. But I, it really just comes down to, you know, sacrifice or um, priorities over sacrifices, being able to come to, to outwork everyone. And then, you know, committing to the fact that it's going to be not a quick fix or a diet that makes you skinny overnight. You know, it's something that it takes a ton of work.
0: You, you nailed it. Great, great advice, there. to your point, private priorities over sacrifices. And I agree. Sacrifices has this negative connotation for no reason. You know, it's, it's truly what priorities, The name of the podcast, 52 Weeks of Hustle, you've got to outwork everyone and be committed to your craft and your brand. And Adam, thank you so much. Certainly a pleasure talking to you. And I appreciate your time and expertise. Of course. Of course. Happy to. Thanks for having me on. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.